Well, good morning. As I did a little bit of traveling, it was really neat to see that everywhere I went, I had people come up to me and say, hey, we watch your church on TV or on our computer screen. And so I just want to welcome all of those who are watching online. And I want to give a special shout out to those who are watching from North Carolina, those who are watching from Wentworth, South Dakota, and those who are watching from Iowa. And so if you would just welcome them, I would really appreciate that. Thank you so much for that. So if you are a guest here today, I'm just going to pre-warn you that I'm going to talk about you, okay? Now, I'm not going to mention you by name, but this is August, and we're getting ready to kind of get back into our routines. School is getting ready to start, and we need to have a little bit of a lesson on how God wants us to treat those that he sends to our church as guests, We want you to know that if you are here today and this is your first or your second time, I want to say to you, welcome and thank you so much for coming. I want you to know also that it is our intent to be the best hosts that we possibly can be for you. And in fact, after the worship service, if you would like to find out more about our church, I want to encourage you to go to our guest services. We have some unbelievably delightful people who are there who are just waiting to meet your every beck and call. How's that? How many of you, and I don't want you to answer this question aloud, but how many of you like to go to Chick-fil-A? Now, one of the things that I want to ask you is, I want to ask you, what's the real reason why you like to go to Chick-fil-A? Now, I know a lot of you will say, well, we like their food, and I know their food is good, believe me. But I think there's another reason why you go. It's because of the experience. One of the things that's happened as we went through this pandemic, we saw changes in the world of hospitality, and especially in restaurants. They had to come up with ways of how to bring the customer in even when they couldn't come within their walls. So one of the things that I love about Chick-fil-A when I watch them is every time I drive by, I see these long lines, but I know that that's not a deterrent to me because they've got so many people who are outside. What are they doing? They're serving. No, I want you to know I tested them. I went out on some of those days when it was pretty cold and they were still out there. And when they were finished with my order and I said, thank you, what do you think I heard them say? My pleasure, yes. Even when it was 100 degrees and the sweat is just pouring down their face, I tested them. Oh, I think I wanna change my order. (laughs) And then when it's done, thank you. What do you think I heard? My pleasure. You know, there's a couple things that sometimes just drive me crazy. One of them is is that when I go to a a restaurant and I get in line and I'm in the drive-thru and I get there and I order my food and then I go up to the drive-thru window and they open the window and they ask for my credit card and then they say to me, would you like a receipt? And I say, no, thank you. Then they gather their food, they hand me the food, they close the window and that's it. Nothing. No thank you. 
No, have a great day. Nothing. Or how about this? I go inside now. And I walk up to the counter. I've waited my turn. And I wait up for the counter. And the person stands there and just stares at me. (laughs) You know what I'm waiting for? May I help you, sir? No. Nothing. I may say, are, are you ready to help me? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, crazy. My wealth will tell you that I get frustrated with that. But then the Lord comes to me. And he says to me, so tell me, why are you depending on them to demonstrate hospitality? Pastor. I think my wife's been praying to him. Pastor, and then I'm reminded, no, you're right, Lord. It's my responsibility as a follower of Jesus Christ to demonstrate hospitality to all that I come in contact with. In this last year and a half, we've experienced this COVID pandemic, haven't we? We think we're through it, and then it kind of keeps rearing its ugly head, but I want you to know that there's another pandemic that we're also experiencing, and it's having as bad of effects as the COVID. And you know what it is? Loneliness. My friends, did you know that today, research tells us that three out of five Americans are lonely? One out of five millennials, these are those people, those guys, young people that are born from 1981 through 1996. One out of five millennials say they have no friends. In 2018, the United Kingdom brought in a minister of loneliness. Their job was to combat this this loneliness that was overtaking their country. You know why they brought this minister of loneliness on? Because research showed them that 75% of the people living in the UK did not know the name of their neighbor. Here's something else that's really interesting. Did you know that right now, you can go online and for $40 an hour, you can make a friend? And not just, it's just a friend, just a platonic friend, just a friend, that's all it is. For $40 an hour, you can do it. And if you go online, you check it out, rent a friend. If you go online, you will see that right now in the world, there are over 620,000 people who are waiting to have a friend. Since this pandemic thing has been going on with the COVID virus, there is a very unique group of people in our society who are suffering more than anybody else. You know who it is? Men. Most men say they don't have a friend. A friend that they can trust, a friend that they could share their life with. And it's dropped significantly in the last year and a half. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, 
but I know if you were honest, we would see more hands raised in this room than we would care to see. So the question that I want to ask you now is, so what's the impact of this? Well, here's what research tells us. This loneliness pandemic that we're going through is equal to alcoholism, and it's twice as bad as obesity. It's like never exercising. And I think the the thing that probably alarms me the most is this fact. Loneliness is equivalent to someone smoking 15 cigarettes in one day. So what do we do? You know what? The Word of God has something to say about that. And we all play a role in it. And his answer to this problem is called hospitality. Stand with me out of respect for God's Word. As I read from Hebrews chapter 13, and I'm going to read verse 2. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. This is God's word for God's people. Let's pray together. Father, as you first showed hospitality to me, let me now show hospitality to all who cross my path. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So I may have to pause and either wipe my nose or take a drink of water because I haven't done this for a month, so I'm hoping my voice is going to make it all the way through. I know it will. So my friends, one of the questions that I want to ask you right now is this. So what's the big deal about hospitality? Or is it even a, even, is it even a big deal? I want you to know that it is a big deal. And I want to do just a brief biblical study of it because it's such a big deal, and listen very carefully, it's such a big deal to God that he commanded it, not suggest it. Now, I don't know about you, but the question that I would ask myself right away is, why would God command us to be hospitable towards one another? And you know what the answer to that is? It's this, because hospitality is at the core of everything God is doing on this earth. I'm going to say that again, because hospitality is at the core of everything that God is doing on this earth. This hospitality that God has commanded us to be, to do, and to give is what is supposed to make us look different than the rest of the world. Look at what the scriptures say here. I'm going to get it here. Can you help me turn that one, Ben? There we oh, I went too far there. Let's go back here. One, bingo. Here we go. All right. <laughs> Got a quick thumb here. All right. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. 
He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. And you are to love those who are foreigners, for you yourselves were foreigners in Egypt. I want you to understand, do you realize what God is talking about here? He's talking about hospitality. And he's got a message for his own people, and this is what he's saying to them. Uh, By the way, I just want to remind you, have you forgotten that you were foreigners when you were in Egypt? Remember? And then he goes on and he says, do you remember that at one time you were all weary, wayward travelers in the wilderness? Have you forgotten that? Oh, and by the way, if it were not for my hospitality in the wilderness, all of you would have died. God said, I gave you food, I gave you clothing, I cared for you, and this hospitality is what saved those people's lives. Everybody hear that? And now here's what he's saying to you and I. It's the same thing. He's saying, I showed you hospitality. I saved you. Now, my command to you is this. I want you to go, and I want you to show hospitality to everyone else. Now, here's the question I hope you ask why. Why, Pastor Bob? Why does God want us to show hospitality to other else? Here's the reason. Because it's what God uses to save them. God showed hospitality to us in what he did with his son Jesus. It saved us. And now he says, show hospitality to others. Why? So that they can be saved. What's the goal here? Here's the goal of hospitality. Make the stranger a family member. Okay? Make the stranger a family member. Now, I just want to revisit this a little bit just so that we make sure that we're all on the same page. You remember that you and I, the Bible tells us, we're strangers in a sin-filled world, right? This means yes. We were strangers in a sin-filled world, and what did God do? God did not keep from us even his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. And when Jesus went to the cross, you and I were no longer strangers to God, were we? We're family. We are sons and we are daughters of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's what God is telling us about hospitality. Look at this scripture verse here. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizen with God's people and also members of his household. If you want to know what part of the family I am? I'm in the family of God. And because I'm in the family of God, I am an heir to everything that he has given to me as his inheritance, and so are you. And so God says to us, I've showed hospitality to you. Now you go and show hospitality to others. So what did that look like in the days of when Jesus walked on the earth? Well, here's what happened. Each year, by custom, it was required that every male make three pilgrimages to Jerusalem, okay? They took their families, 
There were many, many of them that went there, but it was required of males. It was their custom. And the three festivals that they had to go and celebrate were these. The Passover, the Feast of Weeks, and the Feast of Booths. They had to go there. In those days, as you all know, there was no Motel 6. There was no Hampton Inn. There wasn't a five-star hotel. There wasn't even a one-star hotel. Well, what did they do? It was custom in those days that the Jewish people in Jerusalem would provide lodging for every attendee to the celebration. It was their custom. Now, I want you to understand that when the Jewish people, when they would gather around and they would pray before a meal, before these, before these three different festivals, this is what they would say together. They would hold hands and they would stand up and they would say in their language, let all who are oppressed come and eat. This was a big deal to the Jews. This was their responsibility. It was their custom. And the reason was is because they never wanted it said of them, and this was the saying, let it never be said that a man could not find a bed in Jerusalem to sleep on. Now, one of the things that I wondered about that was, okay, so what did that look like in real life? Okay, I've got my family, and we're walking into Jerusalem, and I have no place to stay. I don't know a soul in Jerusalem. How would I know? Would I knock on doors? What would I do? Well, to understand that, we need to go back a little bit. The Jewish people developed this custom from their father of their Jewish nation. Who was that? It was Abraham. There's a story in Genesis chapter 18. And from this story, the Jewish people adopted some customs. Well, let's go back to the story in Genesis chapter 18. And just in case you don't know what the story is, it's a story of Abraham and the three visitors. Let's look and see what it says. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, if I have found favor in, my eye, in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way. Now that you have come to, now that you have come to your servant, very well, they answered, do as you say. You see, from this story, they adopted these customs that they used later on in the New Testament. And I just want to point out three things that they adopted. And here's the first one. They sought them out. So when the people came into Jerusalem, you know where the people were? They were at the outside of their door. What were they doing? They were looking for those they could welcome in, just like their father Abraham. Abraham stood outside of the door in the heat of the day looking for those that he could show hospitality to. Here's the second thing that we learned from that. His eagerness for them to stay. Now this was part of their custom, and this is where it kind of gets a little just odd. 
when the people would come in, they would not ask them their name. They wouldn't ask them, where are you from? What they would do is they would bring them in, and the very first thing they would do is they would feed them. I need you to understand why. In the household, they were trying to create an experience so these people would want to come back. Isn't that kind of what Chick-fil-A is trying to do? And as a church, isn't that what we want to do? We want to create an experience so that people want to come back. After the meal, after they had served, then they would begin having a conversation. Tell us your name. Where are you from? What a pleasure it is for us to be able to share our home and our food with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Wow! Here's the next thing that they learned. They sent them off with a blessing. And this is what the blessing they would say. I can't say it in their language, but this is what they would say. I would sound like in English. This is what they said. Now that we are no longer strangers, but family, we expect you to come back again next festival. Isn't that cool? You see, they had created a relationship. We're no longer strangers. When you see me, I'm going to know you, and when I see you, you're going to know me. We are now family. We've accomplished what our father Abraham, and so now since we're family, my home is yours, my food is yours, come and enjoy this meal with us. But there's one other thing that they did. Remember, I've told you many, many times that the Jewish people are very full of expression, and especially in their words, but as they would stand out at the gate, they would stand out there with a smile on their face. Not a frown, a smile. Why? Because you wanted them to know you are welcome. All right, now, I just want to pause for a moment there, and I ask one more question that's really important. Okay, we understand that they're, the, how they got that custom, and we understand all about that, that that's where their duty was, and we understand what you're saying, but what we want to know is, does Jesus really have anything to say about this? Thanks for asking. Here's what it is. Look at this. In Matthew 5, verse 41. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Let me show you something here. I brought with me my backpack. This backpack weighs about 65 pounds. The reason it weighs 65 pounds is because that's what the Roman soldier's backpack weighed in those days. Now, the Roman soldiers were responsible for a couple different things. One of them was, at times, they were used to deliver the mail. In those days, one of the things that they did as a part of their Jewish custom is when they built the highways, when they built the byways, they were very precise, and they made mile markers all through these highways. So you always knew where a mile started, and you always knew where a mile ended, all throughout this territory. It was custom in those days that the Roman soldiers could ask anyone, a foreigner, a Roman, you could ask a Jew, they could ask them to carry their pack one mile. Now they knew where the mile started and when they knew where it ended. But the question may be is, so why do they get to ask them to carry it? And here's the answer. 
They didn't want their soldiers to get too worn out if they needed them for battle. Hmm, interesting. Now, there's something else you need to know about this. The Jews hated this custom. Besides taxation, it was what made them hate the Romans more than anything. Because they treated, the Romans treated these Jews like dirt, like they were nothing. And anywhere they would go, they would end. Hey, you, pick up my pack and carry with me a mile. And now here comes Jesus. And Jesus says, um, you know about when the Romans ask you to carry your pack, their pack, right? Oh yeah, we know. He's saying, here's what I want you to do. Just don't go one mile. I want you to go two. Are you kidding me? Those savages, those beasts, they treat us like dirt. I already go one mile, and then I got to walk back a mile, so I already go two. But now you're asking me to go twice as far? And Jesus says, mm-hmm. Now, why would Jesus say that? Why would Jesus tell them, go two miles? Because Jesus was telling them, when you go two miles, you go and you do the extra, you pull the extra mile, you go the extra effort. But Jesus was telling them, but first you have to remember this, you still have to go the first mile. You have to do what's required, but then you do what's not required, and that's where you get their attention. So this is kind of what Jesus was hoping would happen. Hey, Bob, pick up that. I want you to carry that for me. Yes, sir, I'd be glad to do that for you. Where are we going? You're going to carry my pack for a mile. Okay. So we walk for a mile. Nobody says anything. It's pretty quiet. And then the soldier says to me, okay, you can put that down. Your mile's done. And then I say, sir, it would really be my privilege to carry it another mile. Why would you want to do that? Well, it's pretty simple. I'm a follower of Jesus. I really believe in him. And he's told us that the best way that we can look like him is to do more than what is expected. Well, tell me about this Jesus. Ha, I'm glad you asked. He's a great friend of mine. I've heard him, boy, he said some incredible things, but he changed my life. This is what my life was like before I met Jesus. I was grumpy, I was irritable, I hated life. And then Jesus came and he told me how much he valued me and how much he loved me. Now I've changed and I'm honored to serve you. Do you understand? Jesus is telling us, I'm sending you guests, Central Community. They didn't just happen to walk through the door. It's not just an, 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 a coincidence. No, I am sending them to you. Why? Because I know you're going to treat them not like a visitor. You're going to treat them like a guest because a guest is someone that you expect. You see, the reason that we want to treat people with great hospitality is because when we show hospitality to them, it makes us look like Jesus, and it's the best way for us to invite people back because we create an experience for them where they say, I want more of that.
So here's what we're going to do. We're going to remember that people will never forget how you made them feel. One example about that that I would look at is how when we just got done with our prayer, I saw some of you go to other people. For those of you that received and had someone come and pray, on, pray for you, and they put their hand on you, do you remember how that made you feel? It made you feel loved, and it made you feel valued, and you want more of that, but it also makes you feel like, I want to do that more to others. So here's what we're going to do. Number one, we're going to notice them. And I would challenge you, maybe rather than sitting on the inside, greeting people as they come in, what happens if we go on the outside? Come up with ways that you can go the extra mile, but it begins by noticing them. And why do we do that? we got to look for them. Here's the next thing. We want to pay attention to their needs. Just like they did in those days in the Bible when people come in, hi, my name is Bob. I don't know you. I don't recognize your face. Are you new? Yes, I'm new. This is my second time here. I really enjoyed the worship. Pastor George is just awesome. And I've got some kids. Let me help you. Let me show you where we can take your kids. Or maybe you see it's raining outside and you run outside with an umbrella and you open the door for them. Who's going to expect that? Your wives wouldn't even expect that, men. (laughs) Here's the third thing. Then we want to consistently follow up. We want to call them. We want them to know, hey, it was great to have you here. We don't want to bombard them. We just want them to know we are really glad you came here. And so there's just two things that I want to challenge you with, okay? Two things. Here's the first one. It's called the 10-foot rule. We're going to start putting it in our worship folders when they hand it out. It's just going to say 10-foot rule, and here's what the 10-foot rule is. You greet those standing or sitting within 10 feet. I want you to look around you right now. 10 feet away, just look around you. Here's what I want you to do. Every Sunday morning, when people walk through that 10-foot radius, just go to them and say one word. Hi. Hi. Hi and then let the Spirit lead you from there. Here's the second rule, the three-minute rule. Spend three minutes before and after church talking to someone you don't know very well. Now, you know what's going to have to happen for this to, be, to work? You're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. You're going to have to rely on the Holy Spirit, and you're going to have to take your eyes off yourself, and you're going to have to focus on somebody else. And here's what I would suggest that you do. Whenever you reach to grab a door handle... I want you to say a word, and the word is serve, okay? Some of my kids, on their mirrors, they have words for the year, okay? I want you to take this word, and every time you reach for a door handle, whether it's a car, whether it's you're going to Chick-fil-A, you're going to rest, wherever you go, whenever you reach a door handle, I want you to say the word serve, and you watch what happens, all of a sudden, your mind is going to kick in and it's going to change from what you're wanting to all of a sudden looking for ways to serve others. So when you come next week and you reach for the door handle, don't be surprised if you see the word serve there because I want you to remember hospitality, the way we treat one another is one of the best ways that we can share the love with Jesus. Amen? Amen.